welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs. Winning series streak is over because the Dodgers are a very good baseball team. Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating because it helps other people find the podcast. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about all-star snubs. I write about the all-star game and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. And Danny Rocket is here with me. We're, I, I don't know, are we fired up to talk about the Orioles series and this Dodger series? I don't know that fired up is how I would describe myself, Danny. Yeah, not not particularly fired up. What kind of surprises me is that I don't feel terrible about getting swept by the Dodgers. Like, is that weird? Like, I'm just like, well, could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just I, take my marbles and go home. <laughs> I feel kind of the same way. I'm just like, well, the Dodgers are better than the Cubs. And these games were kind of close. I, the last game was a ridiculous and absurd way to lose a baseball game, but other than that, the rest of them didn't look like blowouts or terrible things or anything. It was just kind of like, yes, this team is better than the Cubs. And frankly, it sort of, as I was watching it, and look, there may be one or two other teams like this that we haven't seen yet, but I was just thinking, wow, the Dodgers and Yankees are really just light years ahead of every single other team that the Cubs have seen this year in ways that are sort of ridiculous and I don't know, man. Like, see you in October. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we won't see them. No, no, not not us. Like, I will watch the Dodgers and Yankees on the TV yeah. in October. I think I just might might be done after this come season. I might be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take this month to do a little introspection about my uh, baseball fandom. No, I, I can't. No, those, you know, when you put together a team like that and it's like Michael Cotton on the Sunranta show was making this point last night about how the Cubs faced the Dodgers in 2016 and beat them in the NLCS. And then in the 2017 season, we lost to them in the NLCS. And then they went to the World Series a couple times. And then they won the World Series, even though it's got an asterisk because it was a shortened season, 2020 clown ball year. But they did it. And uh, and so, you know, but look where we are versus look where they are. Now they got a $275 million payroll. I wouldn't hate that. I don't care. Like, it's not my money. Put it out there. Spend money. And we're just going the whole other way, you know. So it's it's kind of strange to see, to compare ourselves against these monoliths. Is that the right word? Megaliths? Meg- megalodons? <laughs> the, megalodon, the megalodon camera that shows you your outstanding <laughs> minimum wage 30-year-old Quad A Chicago Cubs. Let's jump right into it. I think you are absolutely right. And it is it is disheartening because the Cubs were supposed to be a team like the Dodgers, and, and that is not what we got. We got Frank Schwindel. Uh, game one, the Cubs lost. No offense to Frank Schwindel. He's great, no. and I'm sure he's a lovely human being. And, 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 and he's not Freddie Freeman. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's he's still – but tread lightly here because, you know, he's still upset about the Colbert thing, making fun of his pitching. Which he hurt his cool. back doing, apparently. Oh, my God. Great. Well, that's that's just par for the 2022 course. Uh, the Cubs lost this first game 3-5. to five. Tony Gonsolin was good. Mark Leiter Jr. predictably got hit around. Tony Gonsolin is an exceptional pitcher, and I would love it if our number five pitcher was a Tony Gonsolin type. But, no, the Cubs do not have that. The Cubs are on, like, their number eight pitcher. And, look, Mark Leiter has been great at various intervals this year for the Cubs, so I do not in any way, shape, or form want to throw shade. I just – 
really, he he did not look particularly good. Christopher Morrell hit a home run in this game. Say Suzuki stayed hot. Danny, what did you see from this first Cubs game? Yeah, I mean, they hung in there. I mean, Leiter got lit up. He gave up all those homers, three homers. I, we were lucky that this score wasn't 12 to they were lucky they didn't score 12 runs. If there's people on base when all those balls are flying out of the baseball park, then it's it's a different story. So it was I think it was it the score seems close, but this one didn't feel close, you know what I mean? I and do also, know but, what you mean. Gonsolin is a ninth round pick. You know, everybody missed on this guy over and over and over again. And he wasn't but then he came up, he's been nothing but good. Um, they used him, I guess, as a starter, but also out of the pen for a while. They they develop these pitchers, you know, getting that he was great against us. Uh, he gave up two on thanks to uh, Morel, uh, who getting one around, getting around on one, but he only gave up four hits, and you and it just felt like the Cubs are trying to scratch out runs, but then they're just running into outs. Like right at the beginning of the game, like Hap is, you know, caught stealing. Like he was still like getting the signs when Hap took, a, Hap I, took off. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I am so over the two plans. Like the two oh plans are driving me absolutely bananas. And I know that this team needs to run more in order to score runs because they don't have the home run pop that some other teams do. And also for the love of God, pick better times to run. Like there are times like this where it's just like, that is, there is no possible way you could have done this. This is, this is not a possible way to steal a base. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it looked crazy. And then Hap was involved in another one where he uh, shouldered into the, the, the next day, uh, Tyler Anderson. So it, that was another kind of two plan, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, this first game, I mean, the the only thing that I really liked about it was Craig Kimbrell blowing the safe. Yeah, let's talk about Craig Kimbrell. I watched him and sort of thought, huh, he does not look okay. And what I mean by that, he, you know... It, it didn't wind up coming all the way back to destroy the Dodgers in this game, but Kimbrell is best when he's mixing his fastball and his curve and he's tunneling those pitches. So you can't tell which is which. And in this game, he was not really able to do that effectively. He was throwing that curve over and over and over again. And he was throwing it in the zone, which is just not his game. Like those were not swinging strikes. Those were called strikes. I would be nervous if I were the Dodgers and Craig Kimbrell was my closer going into the second half. At first, I thought perhaps we could interest them, and they lightly used David Robertson. And then David Robertson probably blew a save. So I don't think we can interest them in a slightly used David Robertson. Yeah, right in front of the well, unless they make him the eighth inning guy. I mean, you just kind of want to pack eighth arms at the guy. back. He'd be like their fifth inning guy. Did you yeah, look at well, this head? Yeah, Gratterall. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. No, they are they're stacked back there. They've got a couple closers. That's what I'm seeing. Like, I wouldn't be nervous as the Dodgers uh, if I were the Dodgers because they have a couple of dudes that can do it, you know? So it's like they've got a lot of good arms and they've got starters that actually go deep into baseball games. So you're going to get seven innings out of the guys. These guys aren't going to get gassed. They've got enough arms at the back end. They probably pick up a dude or two. Um, they might even pick up somebody who makes a lot of money, you know, because that's who the Dodgers are, but it's, uh, but it, I don't know it, the thing with Craig Kimbrell, you remember he ran into trouble with the Cubs too, like right away. 
And then they figured something out. Um, what I heard was that he was tipping his pitches and that you knew it was coming. And so when they were squaring up, remember that game where I think it was against the Cardinals. And then, it most certainly was. Yadier Molina yeah. hit a high fastball <laughs> out. It to win. It was, that was the heartbreaking Nick Castiano season. Oh God. Yeah. So, so that happened. And so he was tipping. I don't know if that's what's going on here, but it's like he gets into these places where unless you've got somebody who's watching it and being like, Hey, have an eye on what he's doing, which I know the Dodgers do. So I think if uh, he, he's not, he's doing better for the Dodgers than he did for the White Sox, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so like the White Sox, yeah, the White Sox totally messed him up. They did. So uh, I don't know what's going on. It's like it, Craig Kimbrell's a head case. That's all I could say. He's only given up one home run all year in 29 innings pitched. He gave up three home runs in like that one inning for us. So like, it's, you know, I'm just, um, I wouldn't be worried if I was the Dodgers. I'd just be really confident and swagging around and just using Kimbrell where I want. Does, does he have a man bun now? Kind of. Yeah. He, he went full LA. <laughs> Um, I'm sure he's got yeah. one of those like fanny packs turned crossbodies too, which by the way, kids these days, you do not need to bring the fanny pack back. Oh, it's back. It's been back. I brought it back uh, with John Baker, like four John Baker days ago. I still have like 10 of those things. I had 300 and now I got 10, but um, no, we've been bringing the fanny pack back. Th- these kids are late to it. I'm past fanny pack. I got, I got a new, uh, camera bag that's kind of fanny package but i do it across the problem is this you put the the bag across and if you're a dude who like looks like me and has my body type it really accentuates my man boob so it's not (laughs) great it's not great you know so i gotta i gotta uh figure out how to situate that bag or the strap i should say a little better but um this is not a problem i can help you with no, no. And it's unbaseball related. Well, it is. I, I, that's what I look like at the game. It's the only time I leave the house. So. All right. Well, let's get to game two where David Robertson dropped. Uh, trade value is dropping. This game looked eminently winnable for the Chicago Cubs. Keegan Thompson f- pitched five and two thirds. He was great. Nico Horner hit a home run that I honestly did not see coming. And yay, props to Nico. Uh, and then David Robertson blew the save. Yeah. I mean, we're playing on borrowed time with that guy. I mean, that's a couple times this week. He did it against the Brewers, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's, what, 38 or something like that? I mean, (laughs) you're just – it's one of those dudes that you're going to see what you get out of him. You're trying to trade him within this month. He's probably overused if that's what you're trying to do. Uh, I mean – He's pitching a lot, and but we don't really have people to pitch, so he's just stuck doing it. And you want to put him in these high leverage situations with a close lead because you want to showcase that specifically. But this did not showcase it. Two, two walks, and uh, a hit gave up the run, and then. Um, but it's the Dodgers too. It's a tough team, um, and then Wick just. He loses this uh, one. Yeah, Rowan next Wick. one, you know, he Rowan came Wick into this. kind of look ever since Rowan Wick threw that ball away against the Red Sox. He has not had it. I don't know what it is, but Wick Wick has lost it. Yeah, and then Tyler Anderson was really good, and then he threw Ian Happ to the ground in this game during his toot plan, 
when we were talking about this last night on the Sun Ranto show, the Cubs going, I, we've seen this for a long time, but the Cubs go on contact. It's the contact play, I guess is what it's called. You run from third when the ball is hit, no matter where it's hit. And this Regardless of whether it's hit like right to the pitcher. Right to the pitcher. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's just like, is there, is there really just no discerning here? <laughs> what, I mean, there's, you just gotta, you know, I'm just saying like, I, it's, it seems like it's a philosophy that if you're on third and the ball is hit, you just run. That's what it feels like, but they're yeah. out a lot. Yep. I, so, I mean, it could be one of those old baseball things that analytics is going to break down and they're going to be like, actually. <laughs> actually, stay at third, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> uh, let's You're not scoring. A, I mean, there's no way. I mean, it, it's it's not like one of, even one of those. It would have taken a perfect throw. It's like you could underhand the ball <laughs> and then and it would be fine. But what it, happened was the pitcher tagged him. And isn't that what happened? I, I honestly do not remember. Yeah, it was a pitch. comebacker. I, I remember a comebacker. Because oh, he got caught. Because yeah. he got caught the rundown. Yeah. Since there was a rundown, he ran back to third, so he didn't really go home. It, it, so it ended up in a rundown, and it, so you get the pickle, which you're almost always going to be out in. It something's really got to go wrong. He would have been better off, maybe just like trying to slide around the catcher or something, and just running for his life. But yeah, yeah. I don't think he's. He's safe. But the heartbreaker of this one is you win this game if Suzuki doesn't drop that ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Suzuki, I, that's a, he's got to catch that. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. He's, he's got to catch that ball. And I get that he's a little rusty out there and probably still learning some of these parts, but that is a catchable ball. It was in his glove. It was in yeah. his glove. That's just a lack of focus, I think. Or, I mean, everybody's going to make a mistake. Like, I think they said, I was listening to this on the radio. I listened to all these games on the radio. It was fabulous. I painted my living room while all these games were on. And nice. How's your living yeah. room? Oh, it looks beautiful. I I ran out of the gray color I was using. And so I went, I, I was like, all right, accent wall. And so we went purple. Nice. Um, yeah, but it was nice. I had the, 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 I knew it was three late night games. So I had all these on um, with Pat and Ron. But I think it was Ron Coomer said, um, you know, I bet you he doesn't drop a ball like that for three more years. You know, this is not a, a, a regular say a thing. And you could tell by the look on his face that he just had egg all over it. Um, it you could see it in his eyes. He, he wore that on his sleeve. And so, but yeah, he's probably just a little rusty and um, he doesn't know these parks and, you know, Dodger stadium is pretty intense. Um even from the, the organist on down, like, I don't know. I think you can hear the sound better on the radio. Um, so yeah, the or- it's, a, it's a rocking place to watch a baseball game. It is. I mean, it's annoying. I mean, it's violent, actually. It's quite, <laughs> I, I don't like it. It's actually a terrible place. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, we'll that'll be an off season episode where I tell you all the things that I hate about the Dodgers and their fans. But, um, <laughs> No, but uh, like I was uh, texting with uh, John Benedict about the Dodgers organist who um, this is like a weird, like deep cut. But at the end of the ninth inning, the organist starts to play and I'm going to screw up the the song, but it's, you know, that blind tenor guy, the famous blind tenor. Nope. 
All right. Well, he's, I don't know. I forget his name. This story's going nowhere. But he starts in, in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. There's this beautiful aria that they play as the sun sets. And for I maybe oh, yeah, this is I've just, noticed I've noticed this. Like, I don't know what is the song. And he starts playing that song. It's the sunset song from Puerto Vallarta. And then he goes bam 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 bam. And it's like seamless. And I'm like, man, down to the organist, it's hard to play here. <laughs> it's just <laughs> <laughs> and um so then um so and it's also hard to play when you're facing their bullpen. I mean, they had Anderson go the seventh, and then Almonte, Ferguson, and Phillips. They don't give up anything. Right. Just it was just totally shut down at the end. Um, yeah. It's just that was that was a heartbreaker because you were winning. You were winning right. a lot of these a couple of these games. Yes. So you're up three you're up three zip, and you know, it's the sixth. <laughs> you're looking at our guys and you're like, oh. Wing and a prayer. Wing and, and a prayer. Yeah. And just didn't work out. So, yeah. Anything else about this game? Nah, not not too much. I, I did want to get to game three because there was some, this was the good news game as far as I'm concerned. I mean, obviously, Rowan Wick again, not great, but we already talked about it. Marcus Stroman threw three or threw four strong innings in this game. And God, if Marcus Stroman's right, that's a huge win for this team. Yeah, and he'll get stronger. He'll go longer. So now it's nice to see him back. I, it's he's one of those uh, those dudes that if he hadn't gotten injured along with the rest of everything, it, it might have been that happens. It might have been a more interesting season um, for us. Like at least you know playing like the Orioles, like a little five hundred ball and making things tough for other teams, you know, sometimes, but Strowback, that's, that's a huge lift for the team. Cause he's, he's signed for a bit. So yeah, three years, decent deal. Um, I, there might be some interest in that contract, but you know, not the way he's pitched with the injury problems this year. Um, yeah. I think that, but I don't want to trade him. I, I like Marcus Stroman. I like, I like having Marcus Stroman as my ace. I like having Marcus Stroman on Twitter saying what he says, being Marcus Stroman, doing Marcus Stroman things, and then pitching for the Chicago Cubs. It's one of the only joys in my life this year. <laughs> this season, I should say. This year is great. This Cubs season is having some issues. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, the, the season overall, I mean, the injuries to the starting pitchers and just to see them coming back and giving you what they have. But he's two hits, four innings, three Ks against a tough Dodgers lineup. Um yeah, were we winning this one too? Yeah, kind of. One nothing. <laughs> but still, you weren't expecting much out of it. Um, we got wicked. We got wicked. Uh, Jake Lamb just hitting homers everywhere. Uh, Jake Lamb, man. How did they resurrect was... Jake Lamb? Yeah, they because uh, they seen him a lot. Wasn't he with the Diamondbacks for years? Yeah, he was. And he, he was always like a little kind of like Dan Vogelback type, you know, just a little home run powerhouse. And then, um, hey, what else happened in this game? I mean, yeah, the bullpen. Efros gave up that single to tie it to Will Smith. Uh, Freeman scored two more. Uh, yeah, this was this was the yeah. Ker oh, Kershaw. I mean, this dude, seven point two innings. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Ten Kershaw's Ks. Great. Wouldn't that be nice? Kershaw's but great. we got we got five hits off of him. 
I feel like, you know, the Cubs, they circle that on their calendar. Like, oh, we're going to face Kershaw. And you got these young guys like Morrell. Got a hit off of him. You know, he called his mom. You know, oh, I got a hit off Kershaw today, Ma. Did you see that? You know? So, I love Christopher Morrell. Oh, God, he's great. Uh, Suzuki went two for four. Yeah, that that's good shabby. Stuff. Lots yeah. of airs in this game, though. Lots of airs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Um, yeah, the defense isn't great. I saw that our defensive efficiency ratio right now, which is a stat I kind of like about defense because it's just basically how many outs are you getting on balls in play that aren't home runs? And the Cubs are seventh worst in the major leagues. They're high up there in the errors or top 10 in errors. Some teams, the errors things can be deceptive because you got guys, you know, getting the balls they're not supposed to get to and then sailing a throw. And so their deficiency, uh, defensive efficiency is actually higher, even though they commit errors, you know, like they still have decent defensive metrics, even though they, the team commits errors, the Cubs are not that team. They have errors and they don't get to baseballs that other teams are getting to. So, yeah. We are the worst of both worlds. When when the Cubs played the Yankees, Lindsay Adler from The Athletic tweeted out that the Cubs give up a lot of outs on the base, base pass and give up a lot of outs in the, and don't make a lot of outs on the field. And I was like, yeah, that, that's true. That's, that is this team. They're, they're giving teams like the Yankees five or six outs and then they take away outs from themselves by running into them on the base pass. It's just been frustrating to watch at times and every now and again like the last four series you see a glimmer of a team that does not suck in there but they revert quickly (laughs) yeah well you know how all those uh close games that we are winning it's like all these games that i don't feel so bad about we could have maybe won half of them probably seemingly so uh you know that if things go a little bit better (laughs) uh that's that's an understatement but it's the um, it, even the close games that we won in those series is we could have lost. Does it? You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's not like we're like rolling over on teams. Playing guy, we're playing teams tough. I think you know the dot. I've seen it a couple of times. Like, it's almost like they pull the goalie because they're like, ah, it's the Cubs, you know, and they don't even like they don't have the gas on in the same way. It's not a division game for the Dodgers here um you know i they've got bigger fish to fry that's for sure they pretty easily won these games that the cubs were trying a lot harder than the dodgers like they had gavin lux in left field like misplaying every baseball that came to him and they didn't care they're like well we need a day off for our guy so we're just throwing lux out there no chris taylor has a broken foot they oh well lux is out there because taylor has a a broken foot and and Lux, is, Lux should be in the infield, but I want to talk oh, yeah. about this last game before we, before we get to a commercial break, because this was the one that, like, the Cubs definitely should have. Anytime you have a 5-0 lead in the first inning or second inning, you should you should feel very good about your chance. That was the first inning. You should feel very good about your chances to win a baseball game, and the Cubs could not win this baseball game. I do want to say shout-out to P.J. Higgins, who I believe – is a sneaky good hitting catcher. I don't think he's going to replace Wilson Contreras by any means, but I think that he is going to stay in the lineup and he's going to hit the ball hard and he's going to hit it a lot and he's going to do some damage. Um, 5-0 lead. 
PJ Higgins hits a first inning grand slam and you lose 11 to nine. Ridiculous. Yeah. And, and uh, lost in all that is Bodie hit a, his first of the year, another three run shot. So you're scoring seven runs right there. And then, um, yeah, uh, Urias did not have it at all. A couple hit by pitches. And so, uh, yeah, you're thinking, oh, well, actually, I didn't think that. I didn't think that we, that when we scored five runs that it was over because you're looking at the Dodgers. You got a whole game to go. They haven't even batted yet. They're not well, going to roll over for you. And Julio Arias didn't have it. But you know who else really didn't have it? Drew freaking Smiley. And yeah. you want to talk about trade value tanking, that is off a cliff in my opinion how come every time the cubs have drew smiley he's terrible <laughs> and every time any other team has drew smiley he's incredible and wins the world series how is that the case i'm not so, sure i was wondering I, the same thing though i was told he wasn't good in his single a start in south bend so i don't know what made them think that he was prepared to come out and face the dodgers but <laughs> it didn't work out <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think it's it's desperation at this point. That's the Mm. same reason. Stroman wasn't good in his triple A start or double A start or whatever it was either, but he came out and shoved. And I think that they just need arms. They just need guys to pitch. And I'm sure they're going to get to the all-star break and they're going to rest. And David Robertson or David Robertson, David Ross is going to take a deep breath and feel a sense of relief that his pitchers might finally have some health and some, some rest on them. And then they are immediately going to play like a 15 inning game and burn all of the arms again. (laughs) Yeah, no. And that's kind of what it is. Cause you ended up having to use Swarmer and then you, you ended up having to use um, lighter junior again. Yeah, that guy. He's been so, good. I'm not I'm not upset, but I just it's not a major league baseball staff of pitchers. <laughs> and it's gonna get worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the the my point is that Leiter Jr. pitched in game one of this series and he had to come into this one. You know, and now True. who are you gonna yeah. throw on Tuesday? You're still T B D last I looked, and unless they said it something. Um, I have not checked. This morning, we're going to get to that on. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. We'll we're going to get to that on the flip that. side. While we're looking that up, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors on the flip side. We're going to talk about the All Star game. The Cubs have two All Stars, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Glad to see Ian Happ get recognized for a real strong first half of his season. But first, a quick break. All right. We are back. I want to confess something really fast because normally I hate it when MLB does these all-star jerseys just to try to like make us get a new jersey. But I love the ones that they did this season. I like the white with the gold. I think it's kind of nifty. I think it is a very clean, awesome look. And I decided that since this is probably the last Cubs jersey that Wilson Contreras is going to have, I needed it. So I bought myself a Wilson Contreras jersey yesterday. Danny, what do you think of these jerseys? Uh, I mean... It's weird with the without pinstripes, I think. Like, and I don't think there should be pinstripes. And also, like, I kind of agree what a lot of people are saying is that the gold should be reserved for World, Se- World Series. I just ran over my cat with my, with my chair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, oh Kitty. Yeah, that's how I feel about the jerseys. I'm so angry about it. I'm going to run over my cat with my wheels. I'm sorry, Kitty. She's just like, sitting there laying in the sun. <laughs> Yeah, she'll never trust me again. Uh, I was gonna say, Danny, we can no longer say that no animals were injured in the course of this episode. And, <laughs> yeah, and well, it's she's all not your injured. fault. She's just mad. 
It didn't, didn't get her that bad. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a, a huge fan. I, I, I always feel like it should be more like red, white, and bluey or or like the National League is blue and the, and the American League is red. Like, it, why is that in my head as being that thing? But they all have trim of the other. That just feels more traditional. And the gold is kind of like, it's just white and gold. Like, remember those black and white jerseys for Players Weekend where you couldn't read Dude, anybody's name? Those were name? the worst. Those were the yeah. worst jerseys I've ever seen. And also, the National League got the white ones. And I you couldn't buy that. Like, you go to a baseball game, you get a hot dog that's got mustard on yeah. it. Like, that jersey is destroyed immediately. Yeah, those, well, were, not those were not good jerseys. This is why I'm normally ni- not a fan of the alternate jersey like this. But, yeah, the Wilson Contreras one got me. Yeah, and it's I guess it's hard to think of a new thing every year I and have it be cool. But yeah, then don't. Yeah. Don't sell us new things all the time. Yeah, well, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> Today is Amazon Prime Day. Well, oh. happy Amazon Prime Day. I will not be celebrating. Well, <laughs> if you do celebrate, you know where to shop through. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Danny's I'm got be- links. I, I, yeah. I think late capitalism is the worst, so I'm, I'm not supporting Jeff Bezos' late capitalism spree uh my i mean what are you gonna do <laughs> you know but um yeah but it's uh i don't know it, it, i'm not i agree with you that they shouldn't sell us new jerseys all the time especially if you don't have like a really cool idea and i think that maybe we've reached like styles will change and they come back around it's fashion frankly and they and a lot of the ones, and this is interesting, a lot of the ones that people make fun of, like those hats that look like like Big League Chew hats. Have you seen those? <laughs> I have. They're awful. Yeah. But do you know who likes them? Like 13-year-olds. I was going to say kids these days. Kids. Kids. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you that if, because we're looking at them like, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that white jersey. You know who's buying it? Kids. And they're spending their disposable income. Is they live with their parents and they have a job as a caddy and they got some money and they want to be cool and, you know, they're going to spend their money on stuff like that. So it's like, I think when I look at some of this stuff, I have to at least ask myself the question, is it made for me? Because maybe things shouldn't be because I'm 48 years old and I'm more like, interested in my retirement income, you know, and like not going to spend $200 on a Jersey that I could put in my IRA and buy a bond, you know, like I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's reasonable. That's super reasonable. Um, Speaking of things that you might need when you're older, like an IRA, Albert Pujols is in the home run derby for (laughs) hashtag reasons. And I just cannot like, what are we even doing here? What? Over under on the number of home runs Pujols hits in this thing. I mean, somebody made a joke on Twitter that um, that at least uh, the kids in the outfield will get a lot of work during Pujols. Is that bad? So over the Pujols retirement tour. Oh, you knew it was going to happen. Like once we found out that Manfred had a pick, so Pujols going to get in there. I mean, at this point, I, I hope he wins it. Like just let's just God, I make, don't. make it that, great. They, they're like, already insufferable. Like mm-hmm. I don't. St. Louis is the most insufferable baseball city in existence, and I say that knowing the Yankees exist. Like I cannot handle Albert Pujols, home run derby champion, twenty twenty two, on his way riding into the sunset. Oh yeah, 
it's going to be horrible for us, which is why <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. It just like adds to the, um, you know, Cardinals devil magic lore of the situation. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I, I'm, I mean, it's who else is going to get this treatment? Is Anthony Rizzo going to get this treatment? I, I honestly don't know. Like I, so Miguel Cabrera is the AL representative and he's smart enough to not sign up for a home run derby. So like props to Miggy for being like a regular guy. He also is probably sitting there like, dude, I have not announced my retirement yet. So I don't know why I'm getting a legend slot in the <laughs> all-star game. Like I plan on playing for a while. I'm not like, dead. I'm, I'm not, not dead. I'm not dead. <laughs> think I'll go I, for a walk. I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, body Python nerds are rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, word. Uh, we are a Monty Python podcast in addition to a Cubs podcast. Stay tuned while we Monty Pythonicize the rest of the 2022 season. It's going to be this great. This parrot is stone dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know who else gets nerds. this treatment. I mean, maybe like maybe like Kershaw on his way out of the game would, would make sense. You know, every year it seems like there's somebody who – who, who is great and whatever, but like, I just, I hate this. Like if you're Clayton Kershaw, if you're Albert Pujols, if you're Miguel Cabrera, you got your all-star games. You got them when you were good. Like between Cabrera and Pujols, they have 21 all-star games between them. Now they will have 23. Like who cares? Do we really yeah. need to see this? I don't think we do. Yeah, they were, they were fine before. I mean, the dude, he's got only five home runs this year. He hasn't, I mean, he's in the home run derby. He hasn't hit over 20 home runs since 2019 for the Angels. And uh, that was 23. And he hasn't hit over 30 home runs since 2016, which was a really, really, really long time ago. <laughs> 2016 was. And he hasn't been an all-star since 2015. Yeah, I know. This is, this is absurd. Like, this when is he absurdly hit bad. So it's like, what are you doing throwing them out there? Like, oh, five home runs? Come on. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends a little bit on who winds up throwing in batting practice. Because that, I've decided, is the key to the whole home run derby thing. Like, if you get someone who can groove into your sweet spot, like, you can roll. And that's what I've noticed with Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso has a great guy throwing batting practice just right to his sweet spot. So I think the only way somebody's going to dethrone Pete Alonso is if they can get, like, the perfect pitcher in there to throw them the the perfect as many perfect pitches to nail as possible. Yeah, maybe Chris Bryant's dad is available. <laughs> Actually, Chris that Bryant has four home runs this season, so I I'm know. just not really. And I think Chris Bryant's home run mashing days may be over, and I, I, that's fine. But it is weird that he went to Colorado and stopped hitting home runs. Uh, last thing I want to talk about it with he the had All-Star. them all in one week though. That's like true. they were all like in one week and then That's he true. went on paternity leave and made everybody mad. And so now you have to have that conversation again. I'm just like, it's fine. He is a dad. It's more important. <laughs> idiots. Oh, yeah. Dad's more important than baseball games. Um, the last thing I want to talk about for the Rockies it's with, like, the who cares? with the all-star team is some snubs. And the one that uh, is probably upsetting people most in Chicago is Dylan Cease. How is Dylan Cease not on this team and Nestor Cortez is? Like, I get it. Paul Blackburn has to be on the team because Paul Blackburn is the only A on the team. Also, former Cub farmhand Paul Blackburn, if you do not recognize that name, I understand why you don't because he was like an A-ball pitcher when the Cubs threw him in with Dan Vogelbach for Mike Montgomery to win the World Series. And look, I am not complaining about that, but – Two major leaguers in that deal for one Mike Montgomery, and we get 17-year-olds when we trade guys. I hate it. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to cry over all the spilt milk because there's a lot of spilt milk to cry over. And that's probably the least of our problems um, with Paul Blackburn not having him right now. But yeah, there's there's always snubs. I, I like reading those articles sometimes. And there's always people that don't belong in the all star game. And um, I'm really I'm really happy for Ian Happ to make it to the all-star game. I know it meant a lot to him. It, it put him into tears for the contrary brothers to uh, be in the game together. I think that's a really nice story. Really beautiful. Um, the thing about Ian Happ that I worry about here is like, I've looked up, you know, Ron Coomer, they always former Cub and all-star Ron Coomer, they say on the radio. And then you look up that year and he had a decent first half and then he fell off in the second half. And I think he had like two more home runs the whole year or something. I'm making that up, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful. That's always been the knock on Hap. You know, it's usually a month at a time. He is amazing. Bat 600 hits eight home runs in a month. He completely disappears and hits 0.062, hits no home runs for the next month. And then he comes back and he does well again. So I'm just, I'm a little fearful that all the extra pomp and circumstance is going to kind of like take the wind out of Hap's season sales. Maybe not. I mean, that's just witchcraft, bruja stuff, but <laughs> that I'm thinking like, I'm probably wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope you're wrong too. I, I want Hap to be for real and I want him to have a really strong season. And I'm also very happy for him in this all-star game. I absolutely love that. Not only are both of the Contreras brothers in the game, they're both going to be in the starting lineup, which is super cool. And I'm very excited for Wilson and William. You know that they are going to have just a blast with that. And like I said, it's Wilson Contreras's last hurrah with the Cubs. So I, I'm enjoying every Wilson moment that I can get before I find out which team I'm cheering for when he gets traded. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I do like that the the whole, like, you're an all-star forever thing. Did you see the clip of Anthony Rizzo with Nestor Cortez on, I think it was Saturday Night Baseball, Sunday Night Baseball? I don't know. One of those national spotlight games that they show the Red Sox and Yankees on because the Red Sox and Yankees are always in the national spotlight. But Anthony Rizzo was chatting with Nestor Cortez, and he's like, you will always be former all-star Nestor Cortez. And I immediately thought of Coomer. I was like, that's how Coomer gets introduced every single day. Yeah. And listen, Coomer was a, a pretty decent player in his, in his heyday. And he played for a lot of different teams and uh, helped a lot. And I, I actually really enjoyed his, uh, his broadcast, except for he says one of those too much. One of them, you know, it's one of them. He's one of them uh, broadcasters that says one of them too much, but um, you know, he had a decent career. Uh, but yeah, it's a per, he was not a perennial all-star. He was a guy who had a pretty decent first half one time for the Yankees and then got on the team. Was it, was, was it for the Yankees? I got to look it up now, Dude, I don't I know. It, but he played for the Dodgers and yeah, he played for some big franchise and the Cubs, uh, main, mainly for the twins where he, yeah, at the end of his career, he was with the Yankees and Dodgers. Oh, he made the all-star game with the twins. Good um, to know. And it was a year in which he had it ended up with an OPS plus of 82. Yeah. But what did he, what was the first half OPS plus Danny? I will, I will look that up. What year was it? 1999. 
Cause tonight Kukum is an all-star like it's 1999. I appreciate the Minneapolis like Prince deep cut there. That that was good stuff. I don't know if that Prince counts as a deep cut. First half. First half. Um, that's what I got here. Is uh 280 batted two slug uh, 282, 312, 458. 11 home runs for an OPS of 770. So that that's not very he good. Made, yeah. He made <laughs> good job, have, Coom Dog. What year? I got to look at the 1999 baseball standings. Was he their only guy? I don't Dude, you are asking me if Ron Coomer I'm going, was the Twins' only all-star in 1999. And I was definitely in college in 1999 and not paying attention to Ron Coomer's stats all that heavily. Yeah, they were a last place team, 63 and 97. He might have been their best player. Hey, but he is always former All-Star Ron All-Star. Coomer. Yeah, God, I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Former All-Star Paul Blackburn. Hey, Coomdog, we love you. If you listen to the show, uh, keep up the great oh, he work. Knows. We actually are we actually are begging for a Ron Coomer and Rick Sutcliffe broadcast. Just the the Cubs Homer former player bot broadcast. Like I am here for it. And I am glad you were an all-star. You're an excellent dude. I, I say that as if Coomer listens to the show. Coomer definitely does not listen to the show. No. Yeah. He, and I'm looking it up because I just needed to know. Uh, yeah. He was the only representative from the Minnesota Twins. That's a bummer, man. Um, yeah. I think that was like two years after I went and saw the Twins uh, when I went to debate nationals. Because, yes, I've always been kind of the geeky nerdy stats girl i went to debate nationals and it was in minneapolis and we went and saw a twins game at the old metrodome kirby puckett was in that game man kirby puckett was great um let's talk about this Orioles series speaking of last place teams uh the cubs are going to welcome the baltimore orioles to two for two games at wrigley field this week i i just have to say not all last place teams are created equally because the Orioles play in the toughest division in baseball where like every other team in the division is going to get a wild card berth at this moment in time. And the Orioles are what, like a 500 club right now or real close to it. Like they're playing some pretty good baseball. They might win the NL central if they could just transport themselves from Baltimore to the Midwest. I'm relatively certain they would be the best team in this division or at least give the Brewers a run for their money. Yeah. And the AL Central, too, for that matter. Uh, there's a couple divisions that they would be competing a lot more in. Uh, the Maybe the West of NL is the only other one that they would be maybe out of at this, uh, you know, not like they are in the AL East. And also, if they played in the NL Central, they'd be playing us and not the Yankees. Or, or the, the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Yeah, or, or, the, the or the Blue, Blue Jays, Jays. Or the Rays. Like, all of exactly. those teams are very good. So they'd be racking up. They'd be well over 500. The one thing that's interesting about them is that they play really well at home and they are well under 500 on the road. So they've got kind of weird splits there. And um, it's probably because you got to play a lot at Yankee Stadium and at Fenway Park. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, There's an intimidation factor where, but, you know, it's like they are, technically on paper also a 500 team like they've got a good bullpen full of like scratch and dent waiver guys um who maybe you've heard of if he was on your team for half a year once that's kind of what they're throwing out there but they've got the fifth best pen uh era wise 325 and they don't hit a lot of home runs they got the fourth lowest ops in the majors so they're 
the Cubs have scored more runs than the Orioles, and they have a way worse record and a worse division. So I we asked um, Heather Linington Noble came on the Sun Ranto show last night, talk about her favorite team, the Orioles. And she goes, it's vibes. That was her answer. I'm like, what are you doing? This does not look like a team that should be 500. You should probably be losing 100 games given the division you're in. What's going on? She's like, they've got vibes. They're making T-shirts of like – with dudes faces on it for fun saying like best dad ever for uh jordan lyles you know they love him they uh, they're just they're they love each other um they got some good young players that are hungry to come out like they've got a team full of christopher morels in a way and um yeah that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Let's start with Jordan Lyles. He will be the starter for the Orioles tonight. I'm going to head to this game with friend of the show, Ken Schultz. Uh, Jordan Lyles versus Adrian Sampson. I, look, Adrian Sampson has been quite good for the Cubs um, since he came up. He's got a 2.91 ERA in a handful of starts. Jordan Lyles uh, doesn't look like he has been as solid for the Orioles, but honestly, that five and he's better than that five and seven record. He's like Danny just said, been playing against a lot of really good teams in the AL East. Danny, what do you see in this pitching matchup? Yeah, well, I mean, Wilson Contreras is hopefully he's uh, well enough to play at least to bat tonight because he was he was in the game on Sunday, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, four he's for been seven. Hitting, though he's been hitting, not catching. Yeah. So if he's he's got to be hitting in this game because he's four for seven with two homers off of Jordan Lyles, who he probably did that when he was with the Cardinals, and the uh, Orioles haven't really seen Samson, so. It's kind of new for him, but he was good last time. Samson only gave up one run on five hits um, against Milwaukee. So we're, you know, Adrian Samson's a kind of 30 year old surprise. He's got a 291 earned run average. It's been going pretty well. It's been going better than any of us expected. I think we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop. Hopefully it's not tonight when we're in attendance. And I'm going to the game with our friend Crawley. And it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Crawley. Hey, happy birthday, Crawley. I feel so bad. Crawley, Crawley texted me to try to get him a Motley Crue poster from the concert that was at Wrigley Field the other day. I think it was Friday. And I walked over there in the rain with one of those like, uh, like cardboard tube things to try to protect this poster. And the poster Crawley wanted was sold out. And I, I just want to say, Crawley, uh. I tried. I did try. I... Crawley is one of those dudes who always can help a friend out. And I wanted to be able to get this to come through. And I felt really bad that it was not there. Yeah. Uh, well, at least you tried. Uh, he, he wanted me to do it. And I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> I've got my houses pulled apart. I mean, I was in the middle of painting. Like I was covered in paint. I'm like, I'm not going to Wrigley field right now to get you a poster for a concert. You're not even going to. So, <laughs> He'll find the poster online if he if he really really needs it. Um, the yeah. Wednesday night game will be Spencer Watkins against our old friend TBD. Um, I no idea who the Cubs are going to be able to throw in this game. I'm sure David Ross is just like counting the minutes to the All Star break so that he can get some of his pitchers healthy. Yeah, reset the yeah reset everybody, especially the poor bullpen. I don't have anything yeah. to say about Spencer Watkins. Oh uh, well, I mean, I kind of looked into him a little bit um Cubs haven't seen him but he's only given up two earned runs over the last three games he's pitched and he's gone 17.2 innings the Orioles are on an eight game winning streak coming in here um they've they're 
maybe over their skis right now. Let's hope. But this guy's got a, like a pretty good pitch mix, 95 fastball, which that dials it up there. Um, mixes in a slider 10 miles uh, an hour less, and then a curve 10 miles an hour less than that. So he changes speeds pretty well. I've uh, got a little cutter that he throws too. So um, we'll see. I, the Cubs have never seen him. Sometimes that's kryptonite. Yeah, it could be good, could be bad. We will find out. Uh, let's take a quick look at hot hitters on the Orioles and the Cubs before we close out today's show. But uh, as always, these are like short, small sample sizes. So I rolled things back to the start of June. And then I looked at guys who had at least 30 plate appearances. This is WRC pluses for these guys. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle has a WRC plus in that time of 159. Trey Mancini is at 122. Cedric Mullins is at 120. Adley Rushman, who is the sort of catcher of the future for the Orioles, uh, just got called up in the last month or two. I'm really excited to see him. He has a WRC plus of 120. Uh, Anthony Santander is at 117. And Danny, what do you see here from these Orioles pitters? Yeah, I mean, they're they're putting right now they're putting it together. And but it's really been the pitching that's been taking it through. They're not a scary offense, but they managed to beat us nine to three. And then the other game got rained out in Baltimore. So but they've they've got a lot of exciting hitters. And so they believe in themselves right now. I mean, hopefully the off day cooled that off because everybody was off yesterday. And um I, they just broke. They haven't won this many games in a row since 2005. And every, I think 13 is their record or something like that. Um, let's hope they don't do it against the Cubs. Let's hope. I mean, I'm kind of, I, I'm excited to go to Wrigley tonight. It's, it's going to be a beautiful week. It would be nice to, to, we played really badly at home in the beginning of the year. And it would just be nice to, you know, the Wrigley's going to be packed. Like, this is the time when, you know, as Rickett says, the idiots will show up anyway, even if we're bad. Um, this is that time. This is the time where the idiots will show up either way. Can we please sing, sing some Go Cubs Go? It is fun to win games at Wrigley Field. So I'm hoping that we can beat this kind of juggernaut Orioles last place team. And, uh, uh and have some fun for the fans because we got the Mets coming in and it's, it does not get easier. Yeah, we do have the Mets coming in and that's good. That is going to be an interesting series. I've been looking forward to this series. Uh, some of the our friends from a pot of their own are going to be in town for this series doing their first trips to Wrigley Field. And I always love people's first trips to Wrigley Field. There's nothing better than newbies at Wrigley Field, checking it out, seeing Wrigleyville, seeing the sights and all that stuff, even if they are going to beat the Cubs senseless. There's also a, um, you know, Saris from the athletic is hosting a meetup on Thursday night. Cause he's going to be in town for some of those games. So it should be, I actually, I think he's in town for pitchfork, but I know he's attending at least one game at Wrigley. It, it, it should be a fun weekend of baseball. It should be a beautiful weekend of baseball at the friendly confines heading in to the all-star break in terms of Cubs hot hitters who are uh, hot heading into the all-star break. I do want to give a shout out at the top here because he barely made the cut. He has exactly 30 plate appearances. David Bodie has a WRC plus of 150 across his first 30 plate appearances back with the Cubs. It would be nice if he played a slightly better first base because frankly, we could use a first baseman and he does not look very good uh, at first base at this moment in time. No. 
Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 142. PJ Higgins staying hot at 134. Wilson Contreras staying hot at 132. That's down a little bit from his trend. So he's been in a little, little tiny bit of a slump. Maybe he'll bounce back. Nico Horner is at 128. Rafael Ortega is at 124. Uh, and Christopher Morel is at 117. Danny, what are you seeing from these Cubs hitters? Yeah, I mean, they just faced a lot of really tough Dodgers pitching, and now they're going to face some pitching that's not as good but has been doing well recently. So, uh, I mean, I'm hoping, like, some home cooking. I hope the balls are flying into the bleachers, uh, that the the boys will be happy to be home from that, uh, you know, crazy Milwaukee to L.A. road trip that makes so much sense to have. and. I'm just I'm, I I feel like we could get some good vibes going, get get some good hitting vibes, maybe a little bit of relief from not having to face like your Kershaws of the world and your Tony Gonsolins and you know, that's tough. That's some tough stuff. Now you got Jordan Lyles and Spencer Watkins. I I think that's got to be a little easier. If the Cubs are able to get some vibes going, we will be talking about it here on Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, in the meantime, where can people find you and your baseball takes? Well, we will be doing a Twitter space on Wednesday night after the Cubs hopefully beat the Orioles, uh, unless the game goes like 50 innings and it's midnight, then we won't do it. But uh, probably about 10, whenever the game ends, we're going to get on there, talk to you guys, have a beer, hang out. Should be a lot of fun. And then, uh, yes, at Sunranto on Twitter. Just follow me there and you'll see everything that's going on. I'm going to try to join that Wednesday night Twitter spaces. The, I haven't joined the last few because I've always been at the park or not at my computer when Danny's hosting them, but I, I'm, I'm going to get on that. I want to want to hang out in the Twitter space and, and meet some meet some Cubs fans, talk about the game. Because people are smart about a variety of different things. And uh, even the bad takes are fun to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice place to talk about the Cubs. It's like, it's like those Twitter spaces are kind of like facilitating people who don't have time to make a podcast to make a podcast with you. And you just kind of hold court and get the conversation going and rolling. And then uh, it's amazing. People do have a lot of great opinions out there and some really good insights. We're, I know we're kind of the knock on cup fans is we're not a very smart fan base. I feel like that's changing. And I feel like we actually are quite a smart and passionate fan base maybe not every day you know when we're making cup steaks and stuff but i on those twitter spaces i've been really enjoying it. a lot of people tuning in with um you know from the cubs baseball world like the chuggo people come on uh infield fly girl was there the other day she's got great baseball takes every you know cub fans were a passionate bunch and it's just nice to hear from y'all so show up at that wednesday night be a lot of fun is, is that how you're supposed to pronounce it, Chuggo? Like, I've had a, the, No. I, there's some really good baseball takes there and some really smart people over there. Uh, a friend of mine, Janice Scurrio, does their Sky coverage and some White Sox stuff. She's outstanding. You know, we've got um, lots of our old podcast friends are over there doing podcast stuff and everything. But I, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> Well, I went on, actually, Chuggo had a Twitter space. And it was uh, our friend Cody Domenico. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, Cody's great. Yeah, and so yeah, Cody came on MySpace too. So we're all, you know we're all going oh MySpace wasn't that a thing before? Um, so yeah, uh, anyway, I asked Cody because I just offhandedly said Chuggo, 
And I'm like, oh, well, is that okay that I call it that? He's like, no, we're CHGO. I was like, oh, whatever. You're Chuggo. That's In Chicago. Hard. Four letters is too many. You can't. I'm not doing that. CH, I, I don't have time for four syllables. You're Chuggo. It's yeah, fun no. to say. And so I got to talk to the Chuggo people and be like, hey, listen, if you want to succeed in this town, you got to listen to me. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you're Chuggo. There is something about like having too many, like CHGO does not roll off the tongue. I, there's mm-hmm. something about that that's hard to say. Yeah, what I am I, German? Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with that. CHGO, like there are some things that have multiple letters like that, like that totally work. And, you know, like WBEZ, that, that works. WBEZ works for some reason, but CHGO does not. I don't know. I'm going to need, I'm going to need a new way to, I'm going to need a new way. Shago, Shago, like Shigo, Shigo. Well, that's kind of, that's like the, with an Argentinian accent. If, if Danny and I decide to rebrand uh, some other oh, did. content uh, this week on either of our social media spaces, you will hear about it here on the next Cup of Cubby Blue. In the meantime, you can follow me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can follow the podcast at at Cup of Cubby Blue. We tweet out every episode and all of the related content. You know, it's nice that the Cubs are getting a little bit of a break, a little bit of a lull with the Orioles before they face off against a reinvigorated Mets team that has Max Scherzer back and possibly Jacob deGrom back and Lord knows what else the Mets are going to throw at the Chicago Cubs. We will be previewing that Mets series and talking about everything that happened with the Orioles next time. You will not want to miss it. On the Chup of Chubby, Chuggy Blue show. Yeah, no, no, there's no Chup of, <laughs> absolutely not. We are not, there's, see, this is why the Chuggo thing can, has got to go. Until next time.